Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Cover 2, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hicks! Browns are going to win! Mayfield, end zone, Landry, touchdown! With Dan Kadar and Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. With Steve Dorshuk from the Canton Repository. fans now cover two a podcast on the cleveland browns hey everybody welcome back to the cover two podcast this is dan kadar as always here with browns beat writer nate all nate how's it going good dan how are you very 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 good if you hear anything weird in the background uh nate's computer might take off into orbit because of all the breaking browns and news that has been going on today we're recording this uh just after three o'clock on tuesday quick today we're going to talk about kind of where baker mayfield and the browns are at right now and we're going to look ahead to the baltimore game but uh, let's let's just do a quick rundown of, of all that breaking news we don't have to go in depth on it but it is Wyatt Teller, the right guard, um, is on the COVID list, but he does not have COVID-19, but he could be active for Monday's game against Baltimore. You have Nick Chubb being the recipient of the Ed Block Award by the Browns. And you have, what else? What am I missing? Uh, Porter Gustin, your guy, Dan. You can't leave him right. out. activated. Yeah activated from the COVID-19 list. He's missed the past two games. A big reason why uh, Olivier Vernon played every single snap Sunday against the Titans. Uh, they, they just don't have their normal DN depth, and Miles Garrett doesn't have his normal wind yet. So uh, Porter Gustin coming back. Um, Taewon Taylor to injured reserve. Popped up on the injury report last week with a neck injury. And, um, you know, your University of Akron, Cannon McKinley product, Jamal Davis had a short stay on the practice squad. He was cut today after mm-hmm. signing the week. Um, they bumped Ryan Switzer uh, back to the practice squad. He was on the practice squad injured list. So some moving parts there. Obviously, White Teller's the headliner, and it does have a lot to do with the Baltimore game because he's in this window now where uh, he could make it back in five days if he continues to test negative. So he could be back by the end of the week in person with the Browns as long as he continues to test negative. Uh, he has been exposed to somebody who tested positive for the virus. This person uh, is not affiliated with the Browns, not a member of the organization. So uh, somebody else, and these are the protocols. You got to be better safe than sorry, obviously. Um, you know, once you're identified as a high-risk close contact, you're on the COVID list and, you know, you, you got to go through the necessary steps to make it off. So we'll see with Wyatt Teller, but, you know, 
if all goes well, he continues to test negative. He uh, he will be able to play the Ravens. We just got to see how these tests come back. Right. And we, I mean, we saw before when he was out of the, out of the lineup with, with the injury stuff, just how important he is to what they do on offense. And so that, that's a big one to follow. Hopefully he'll be back, but, uh, Nate will have obviously covered that and everything we just talked about over at beaconjournal.com slash sports slash Browns. But Nate, let's jump into Baker Mayfield, who had, I think, unquestionably the best game of his career on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. He had 334 yards passing, four touchdowns in the first half. He had his second highest uh, average yards per attempt in that game, which I think is a big deal for him um, at, at 10.1. The other big game he had like that was against the Bengals, which was his other huge game this season, Nate. And I, I know that, you know, after the game or whenever that Mayfield kind of just talked about how he and Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt are on the same page now, which is, which is good. But is it is it more of that? You know, is it just, you know, those three guys getting on the same page and having an understanding of what works and what doesn't work in the Browns offense? Or is there something more going on there? You mean going on where in terms of his success or their relationship? Uh, his success, because, like, I know he's an extremely confidence based player. Mm -hmm. And, you know, besides like how well he's been throwing the ball the last four weeks, it's like he's running down the field on blocks. He's he's the guy there like sticking up for his teammates and pulling guys off a pile or getting between guys who are, you know, kind of jawing at each other, stuff like that. He, he just seems like so different. So to me, it's more of there to me. Maybe I'm wrong. It just seems like there's more than just this play works and that play doesn't work. Let's do the play that works, you know, and getting on the same page in that regard. Is there something more to Baker Mayfield going on than than that? Well, I think he's definitely becoming more confident and we're seeing him get his swagger back, if you want to call it that. His whatever, you, you know, his his moxie, confidence, mojo, whatever, throw out the terms. Um, I think I think we are seeing that we're seeing the guy who just has, a, you know, just a little something extra, um, you know, a little bit of a a little bit of an edge to him that we really haven't seen. I don't think since he was a rookie and, you know, he's winning, you know, I think winning helps bring that out of him. But he's he's more comfortable in the offense. The bye week, I think, was really crucial. Have that bye week in the middle of the season you know, smack dab between the first eight and last eight games, Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt really got to sit Baker down and, and, and go through everything. They played his interception reel. He had seven interceptions in the first seven games. They went through all this stuff. And, you know, he hasn't thrown an interception in the past five games. I mean, that's as a big a stat as any. Uh, so I think that they really saw the light bulb go on in some of these bi-week discussions and they really did get comfortable about a plan of attack moving forward as it's unfolded here 
uh, on the field has actually translated from those meetings into success on the field. There's no doubt about it that we've seen Baker become more confident. And, you know, he's missed some throws here um, in the, in the pre in the, in the previous uh, two games, uh, you know, and leading up to this, uh, this huge win against the Titans, he had missed throws. One of them was in the rain, you know, so there was that built in excuse you know, that was against the Eagles. But then in Jacksonville, the, the weather was fine. There was no excuse. And we saw the, the, the throws that he missed. They still won. He was able to joke about it. But they was, you know, he was mad about it, too. It was it was hanging over his head. He tweeted about how, you know, he knew, you know knows he can be better. And he kind of I just think he kind of used all that to motivate him. You know, he came out on fire against the Titans. They were really confident. They were playing complimentary football with the defense going to turn over on downs uh, on on its first series. Sheldon Richardson, big shout out to him. Defensive MVP of the game as well. And then he had a forced fumble uh, the very next time that the Titans touched the ball against Derrick Henry, who never fumbles. First fumble of the season for him. Browns get the ball back. They capitalize. You know, I just think we saw it all come together, and sure, Baker was rolling and and was was super confident. And I think it's the biggest Browns win in a long time. I think it's it was Baker's best game as an NFL player. I know you can go through statistically, and there's some other good ones, you know, as a rookie, and then obviously what he did against the Bengals with the franchise record, 21 consecutive completions, and only a, a spike to stop the clock snapping that and then the game-winning touchdown uh, earlier this season. But but that's the Bengals, and he always kills the Bengals. This is the 8-3 and three Titans in a big matchup uh, against uh, a team that was in the AFC Championship last year, a big matchup with, with you know, playoff implications, and, and he delivered. The Browns delivered. We're, we both said we didn't think they were, they were ready. We both – said that we could see him beat in the Titans, but it would take their best game. And I didn't think that they were ready to put that best game together. Um, and wow, I was wrong. They put the best game together in that first half. And I know things got weird in the second half. Uh, and they've got to learn how to close the door on teams. We saw that uh, that was a problem against the Dallas Cowboys early in the season. Obviously, it was a problem Sunday against the Titans. But, you know, I think you also got to just realize that that first half uh, for the offense was was nearly perfect. And, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones dropped a touchdown pass. I mean, it could have been. It, that's why it wasn't perfect, but it was nearly perfect. And, of course, he redeemed himself with the double move on the out and up, 75-yard touchdown, great throw by Baker. So, so much to like. And, yeah, the arrow is definitely up for Baker. I kind of thought it was funny earlier in the season – after one of Baker's games that was shaky, Alex Van Pelt said the arrow is definitely up. I mean, that's the thing. Stefanski and Van Pelt, whatever you think they're really thinking, you can try to read minds or whatever, but they've had Baker's back the whole way because they know how important confidence is for And to get back to the, the crux of the answer here to your question, he's as confident as I've ever seen him. Yeah, and it's extremely fun to watch. and. The, the confidence thing is, is so big with him. There are, there are some players who just really need that, and he's one of them. Let me ask you this one quick thing on Baker before we, before we move on to the next topic. 
Has anyone, whether it's him or Stefanski, talked about um, the hard call that he does before the snap? Like, he is on, like, an Aaron Rodgers level with that, where he can get the defense to jump offside, and he knows, hey, I got a free play. One of those is going to work one of these weeks, because I I can think of at least four or five times this season where he's drawn the defense offsides with his with his pre-snap call. Has he talked about that, or has Stefanski talked about that at all and how good they are at it? Uh, yes. Uh, Stefanski actually talked about it, and this was, I think, yesterday. It's all run together. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was one of those things that they – basically what he was talking about is um, – how cadence is a weapon and they worked very hard at it in practice and, and really going all the way back to like the summer, it was one of the things that they were able to emphasize because, um, you know, you are on zoom in that virtual off season. So you can, you can work on now. He said it was hard to do that virtually, but you know, you, you can do that. Now Baker did the footwork and all that stuff and he recorded it and sent it to Alex Van Pelt and Alex Van Pelt used the, a golfing app uh, like an app for to help you improve your golf swings or whatever to study that somehow they figured out that was the best way to to get the footwork uh, <laughs> videos to each other so there's like a lot of interesting innovation going on there but yeah the the cadence the the hard count was something that they worked on on zoom and and he he is uh he's done a really good job with it. i think he's like a good actor i really do like I think he is. People talk a lot about, oh, he does too many commercials. I think his progressive commercials are funny. I think he's good at it. I think he's a natural. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he can get a little dramatic. So I think the hard count kind of fits well with him. I agree. And that, that's, a, that's a very funny point about the, the acting. And it's, it's like the little things with his game are starting to really stick out, whether it's his cadence. He's gotten really good at uh, play fakes, I think, this year. And it's it's the little stuff like that that's that again is kind of that emphasis on on what he can do and how it can help the, the team. Like last year we never talked about his cadence or his play fakes or not as much about how much better he is out on, on the move, out of the pocket and stuff like that. And now he just seems like such a more well-rounded quarterback. So now the Browns are in a situation where you got your franchise quarterback playing like a franchise quarterback. Your offensive line is fixed. Your your running game is arguably the best in the NFL in terms of sheer talent. And those guys can produce any time they need to, I feel like. On defense, you have a, a mega superstar, Miles Garrett. I think the linebackers are coming around a little, Nate. Um, so you have this team that's really like coming together the right way at the right time, and now they're nine and three. They're gonna have a winning record for the first time since what 2007. Yeah. So, what what is your expectation now for the Browns? They they have the big win under their belt. Um, is is your expectation changed for what they can do this season? Well, I mean, I think all of us have adjusted our expectations as this has gone along, and I've definitely adjusted my expectations 
to playoffs. I mean, they're 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 uh, they'd really have to blow it major uh, in a major way to to not make it at this point. <laughs> you know, they they put themselves in such a good position. I know the Steelers lost last night, but they, the Steelers are still, you know, virtually uh, a lock to win the the AFC North. It would be very difficult for the Browns. Um, but yeah, I, I see the Browns is right now they're they're still in that top wild card spot of the three wild card positions, and uh, you know I see them um, uh, hanging on to that. I think they can do that and. I think um, anything beyond that is is kind of, you know, a cherry on top. I, 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 I'm not ready to predict that they're going to win a playoff game, um, but I sure feel a, a lot, um, you know, I guess I'm leaning more toward that being realistic after seeing them, you know, do what they did in, in Nashville. So... You know, I, I don't know. Let's let's see how they do against the Ravens, you know, and, and you know, if the Steelers um, need to play guys. I mean, just because, you know, those were so lopsided earlier this season and, and showed so many warts, I think the Browns are have gotten a lot better, and I think that they, they show that against the Titans. But I, I just want to, you know, see them continue to – progress here down the stretch to, to remain focused and to, you know, have, have good showings against the class of the division. Um, those teams are still that, and, and the Ravens have fallen off here. You know, the Browns obviously have the better record. The Ravens are, their backs are against the wall and they've been hit hard by a COVID outbreak. Um, we're recording this. When is this Dan Tuesday, about three, the three o'clock hour. So the Ravens are going to play tonight. Yep. So we'll see what that looks like. But yeah, I mean, I'm 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 obviously bullish on the Browns, but I'm not, you know, I'm not putting them in the Super Bowl or anything yet. You know, the Titans, they're a good team. I mean, look look what they did last year to the Browns. It was an embarrassment. And look at the difference Kevin Stefanski Kevin Stefanski has made. Um, in just one season and, and what he's been able to do even with these unprecedented circumstances that the pandemic has caused and robbing him of, the, of really an in-person offseason and preseason games. Look what he's done. Um, it's really amazing. And the Titans, you know, not to take away from Baker's performance, but they were pressuring him. The offensive line did well, but the Titans just weren't good at getting to him. And and their pass defense isn't good. It's one of the worst in the leagues, and, and he lit them up. But I give him and a lot of credit for executing. He was on the money. I mean, he, his stats were off the charts, Dan. And, and having said that, they, they should have been better. Like I said, Donovan Peoples-Jones should have had a, another touchdown catch. And then there were two other drops. So there were three drops. And he completed 25 of 33 for 334, four touchdowns and 147 rating. No sacks, no interceptions. Of course, the fumble on the quarterback sneak. When you talk about the little things, yeah, the hard, the hard count's really good. And his ball skills are great with the play action stuff. And I think you saw that on the Peoples Jones long touchdown. Um, he's got if one thing. He's he def. I mean, he's <laughs> he's definitely got to get better at sneaks or just don't run them or whatever. Um, and he was mad at himself. He was kicking himself after the game, you know, for that because. 
five games without an interception in a row. Really impressive, but he was still mad that he had that turnover and they made it more interesting than they should have at the end. But yeah, I don't, I don't know, Dan, uh, if, if Baker can continue to play like this, then, you know, come, come week 17 or whatever, you know, I might be changing my tune and saying, now I expect him to win a playoff game, but we'll see, you know, right now, you got to feel pretty confident um, if you're a Browns fan coming off what was truly a signature win. Kevin Stefanski's finest game as a play caller for this team and just overall strategist. I thought it was brilliant how, you know, he basically conceded that they will, even though they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they just weren't going to be, uh, you know, in the best position to win if they if they tried the ground and pound slugfest with the Titans because, you know, defensively, I know they made some early stops against Derrick Henry, but I've made the point and I've written that the best way of neutralizing Derrick Henry was, was being aggressive and jumping out to that 17 nothing lead. I mean, they only handed off to him 15 times in the game. So that was a huge, huge feather in the cap of Kevin Stefanski to use that strategy and have it pay off the way it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really well-coached game, especially on defense. I mean... The Browns are down talent there, and you had Miles Garrett coming back, and they didn't know exactly what they were going to have with him. He played, I think, 52 to 72 snaps on defense. But I got to tell you, Nate, I, I think my expectations will change about the Browns if they win on Monday against the Ravens. There, there were kind of like three big picture things we talked about with the schedule going into the season or as the season progressed. The first one was you have to sweep the Bengals because they're terrible. The Browns did that. You have to do well against these other teams. You're fighting for a wild card spot, the Raiders, the Titans, um, the Colts, Texans. Right. I mean, Texans haven't been that, but that's what we were saying back then. Right. And the, the Browns have gone three and one in those games. So that that's good. The other big one that we talked about was you have to beat either Baltimore or Pittsburgh and you can steal a win and one win against those two teams. And if you did that, it, it could be a playoff team. Now, they might be a playoff team even without doing that. But the expectation now, I think, changes if the Browns beat Baltimore. And we're not going to go too deep into this game just because the Ravens haven't played this week. We don't know, you know, what kind of stuff's going to come out of the game. Lamar Jackson could break his arm for all we know. But uh, with that said, Nate, Baltimore is still good. I know they're floundering a little, but their their run offense is great. It's one of the best in the NFL. Their run defense is, is really good. Jackson has taken a step back. I think this year as a passer, I don't think anyone would argue with that. But um, they're they're still the Ravens. They're still really good. For the Browns to win, what what kind of game is this going to be for them? Is this a game where they go back to to running the ball? Does the Baker Mayfield train keep flying down the tracks? What what's the big key for the Browns here? I think it is. You know, running the ball, I mean, not necessarily the the attack that you saw against the Titans uh, through the air, but definitely just the, the, you know, the balance of that Kevin Stefanski wants, the marriage of run and pass. And I think that you want 
Baker Mayfield to continue to have those opportunities to put some trust in him because of what he showed you in, uh, in Nashville, but also, um, you know, knowing that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt had some success in that in that game in week one when not much went right, but, um, you know, they did have some uh, nice runs and were some bright spots there. So I, I really do think that, you know, it will be more of a Chubb and Hunt game and less of a Baker game than the Titans matchup. But, you know, I also think that the, the big key, you, you can pretty much – count on those guys getting it going if, if you if you stick with them and Kevin Stefanski is very good at that but you got to have clean football from Baker Mayfield he's been giving you that you got to continue it you know I, I I think about I I didn't finish this point uh, but I wanted I want to um, the Titans although their their defense you know isn't great you know Baker played them last year in that opener that I mentioned and we know what a train wreck it was but we we all remember those 18 penalties for 100 and whatever 84 yards or 82 yards 182 or 184 it was ridiculous right but i had forgotten and i looked it up he threw three interceptions in that game one of them was a pick six so just look at the growth <laughs> right you know as a team it was huge from one titans meeting to another but then it was also huge from Baker. So I, I, if he can give you that same kind of growth from from week one against the Ravens to this, you know, coming Monday, they've got a real shot to do it. And then I would I would agree with you, Dan. At that point, I think my expectations would change. Like I said, I want to see you know Baltimore. I still want to see Pittsburgh. But again, I don't know what that's going to look like in week 17 from a Pittsburgh perspective. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I still I still think that you know hey they might play their guys but if they if, if you know it, it they won't be going for the undefeated season now so you know that was the one thing if you have everything locked up right if you have if you've clinched everything you can clinch do you still go for the undefeated season do you still play every everybody and go for the undefeated season well then that, that's off the table now so that's interesting um so I, I don't know what Steelers team they're going to face, but I, I I do think that the Ravens is still a big measuring stick for this team, even though this team has the better record. Um, just con- considering what the Ravens were last year, what the what I I still think the Ravens are, despite the this recent um, you know hardship they've been through, and and what the Ravens were certainly in Week One against the Browns. So, I, but I I think you know. I don't even think it's necessarily a win. Like I think the Browns can beat the Ravens, but I don't think I necessarily need to see them beat the Ravens to think, wow, you know, they can win a, a playoff game. I think if, I think it's if Baker comes out and and continues to look really good and, and they play a good game. And even if they lose in a close one, I think that would say, okay, you know, look how much this team, I, and, you know, I, I don't want to say look how much team this team's pro, how much this team has progressed since week one, because I think they've already shown they've progressed a lot since week one. Mm-hmm. But it's just a, it's just nice to have that apples to apples comparison, Baltimore versus Baltimore week one to week 14. Right. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I, I think the other thing to watch in this game is just 
you know, I, I mentioned the linebackers. They're starting to look better. Taki Taki's been playing all right. Mac Wilson's been playing all right. B.J. Goodson has kind of become a rocket middle linebacker. Anytime you're going against Lamar Jackson, assuming he's in the game, you know, again, we're recording this before Baltimore plays uh, Tuesday night, but there's they got to stop that guy from either passing or running. He's, he's a very tough matchup for for anybody particularly the Browns, though, as we've seen in the past. But uh, last thing, Nate, because we, we got to get out of here. So I, I do want to ask this one as a quickie. How do you think Miles Garrett looked um, uh, in his first game back after missing a couple of weeks? I know he got a sack. He got home to the quarterback a couple of times. But real quick before we jump off, what were your thoughts on Miles Garrett return? I, I kind of thought he looked a little slow at times, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think as uh, to be expected, he looked a little fatigued, a little tired. And, and then after the game, he said that's how he felt. He said the first quarter he felt pretty good. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to get his wind at times. Um, but that just tells you the kind of player he is, that he's still able to kind of, you know, gather it up there and, and, and get a sack and his first came back in the fourth quarter, you know, and, and the log 52, 72 snaps. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. So, you know, if he can really kind of continue to get his conditioning back here with this little bit of extra time and the build up to a Monday night game and, you know, he can really feel like he normally does, man, I mean, that, that would just, that'd be a huge uh, boost for him individually. And obviously the Browns best players feeling um, like himself and, and feels like he's firing on all cylinders I mean, look out on Monday night because, you know, Miles Garrett is a very smart guy. okay, and he's been chasing defensive player of the year for a while since he was drafted in 2017. He stated this is a goal. He's in he's in the conversation now. Him, Aaron Donald and and TJ Watt. and, And I've written a bunch about it. We've talked about it. Obviously, the two games off hurt his candidacy. But you know what would really help? A huge performance on prime time with everybody watching. That's a huge factor in these type of votes, okay? Um, Do you show out with the spotlight on when, you know, probably all 50 members of that uh, national panel who are gonna vote for that award, um, you know, organized by the Associated Press are gonna have eyeballs on that game because it is the only game, you know? (laughs) It's, It's the Monday night game, it's the spotlight game. You come out and have two sacks or something and, you know, a couple TFLs, a big player or two against Lamar Jackson um, and, and are very disruptive. Uh, you know, you get the guys in the booth talking about you. That can make a big difference. And I guarantee you, Miles Garrett knows that. Indeed. Well said. And i sorry to take you off guard with that one. I just wanted to get some Miles Garrett thoughts on the record uh, because he's back and he's so good. Um but that is going to do it here on Cover 2 podcast on the Cleveland Browns. There's going to be a ton of content coming up on this game, previewing it over at beaconjournal.com slash sports slash Browns. Probably the biggest Browns home game, I don't know, at least since 2007. So you can find all that online. Make sure you're following Nate on Twitter. He's at by Nate Ulrich. But that's going to do it for our show this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time.